Welcome to the Odd Data Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, the master oddball himself, Adam Higgins, the Odd Data Out. You can find me at odddatapodcast.com and at Odd Out on all the social media places. And this is the show where I ramble and rant and empty my brain for your listening pleasure and just tell you what the fuck's going on with my life and shit I'm doing. And, and, and random thoughts and things that are going through my head to philosophize and and stew over and just whatever the fuck. Empty the brains. Just empty your brain. Yeah. So, how you doing? It's been busy around here. I mean, isn't always. I have four kids. It's always busy. But, you know, school got started. And... It's still, you know, we're kind of in peak tournament season for Taekwondo. So we've had another tournament go by, which went very well. I'm not going to get too much into it because I devoted a whole bunch of time to tournaments in the last episode. And I don't really want to turn this into a Taekwondo podcast. But it was a good day. A much longer day than the uh, World Championships tournament, which, like I said before, much more efficient. This one was a local tournament. They take all damn day. We didn't get out of there until like, we were there at nine in the morning. We didn't leave until almost five. Just the way those days go for those tournaments. We've got another one coming up in a few weeks. Going to be exciting. Just more tournaments. The boys are working hard, getting ready for the next tournament, getting really amped up for the next tournament season. So yeah, that's what's going on there. Like I said, I'm not going to get too much into it because I just don't want to turn into a Taekwondo podcast. Also, like I had previously said, that all happened a few weeks ago. And it's harder for me to get excited telling stories about things that happened further and further back. It's just easier for me to kind of really freshen my mind, do things and 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 get excited and all this stuff for stuff that's more recent. Like the weather. <laughs> <laughs> and I realize it's it's one of those weird things that I'll, I'll mention the weather on a pretty decent basis. But this year, it's been interesting because this has probably been the most extreme, I'm not extreme, but this has probably been the heaviest monsoon season we've had in probably the 13 years that I've lived back in Arizona. And I mean, granted, in South Texas, the equivalent is hurricane season. And I've lived through for a couple of hurricanes but as far as monsoon season goes i mean i mean i remember having some really rough monsoons as a kid but as far as in the time since you know i've lived here as an adult this is probably the pretty the heaviest monsoon season we've had i always kind of joke about every time we go on vacation the big mon- it's like always the big week of monsoons while well, we're gone my yard gets flooded it, it just I get videos from my sister. Oh, look at how bad the storm is. But we never really see it because we were always seem to be on vacation because the storms would always hit like a one or two week period. This summer, it's been pretty constant. It's been a damn rainy summer. Almost every day we get some level of rain 
it's been really hard to get anything done outside or like any yard work. I'm having to deal with it. I might have a day, maybe two days where the yard dries out enough for me to mow the yard or to get any work done out there. And that all happening. And we've actually hired a landscaper recently because my battle with my mesquite out front was just a big losing battle. And I had some shrubs that needed maintaining. I just didn't have the equipment and the time to really take care of it. And so we actually hired somebody to maintain the front yard. And he'll actually, he's actually coming tomorrow. Now that I think about it. And he's actually going to kind of be just general maintenance at this point and come out, take care of the yard, clean things up, kind of keep things a little more groomed than I necessarily can. And I've still got to take care of, you know, he comes once a month. So I've got to still mow the yard in between. Otherwise, I'm going to have a swamp back there when he mows the backyard. But it's things like getting good, clean edges in the yard. And if, you know, the rocks kind of get, you know, he'll weed spray the rocks so that the grass doesn't get too crazy, stuff like that. And so he's coming tomorrow to take care of all that stuff. But the problem is, in the last two weeks, I've had so much regular rain that I haven't been able to mow the yard and it's getting really out of hand. And on top of that, it's, it's been in part, it's been raining and the ground's been wet. And also work, I've been having some late nights where I haven't like days where I'm like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go mow the lawn. And I work so late the night before that I'm not able to get up and do anything because I'm having to sleep all damn day. But I mean, it happens. It's kind of the curse of working overnight. But yeah, this whole monsoon season, it's just been, you know, thunderstorms and rain and thunderstorms. And we've got the weather alerts that come in on our phone from like our ring app or whatever neighborhood. I don't know if it's next door or whatever neighborhood alert app that keeps pinging my phone every time there's a storm. But we keep getting all these like every other day. It's a thunderstorm morning until 9 p.m., until 6 a.m., until whatever, blah, 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 time. And like, it's just really funny because it is one of those things about living in Arizona that people from outside Arizona don't understand is that you think of Arizona, you think of the desert, you think of, oh my God, it's blistering heat and the old joke of it, it's a dry heat. Like, yes. But the hottest part of the year it's also the rainy season, like in the Amazon. It's the the summer is the time of year when we have all the rain, because if it cools down even the slightest, that little bit of temperature change causes a massive downpour of rain and we end up with a thunderstorm. <laughs> and so it, it's kind of funny that way. But it, it's something where once you've lived here for a while, you get used to it. It's monsoon season. And again, in other parts of the country, it's hurricane season. And you just don't think about, oh, yeah, Phoenix, the rainy season is the middle of the summer. So it's either 120 degrees and burning your face off or it's pouring down buckets and you got to watch out for flash floods. (laughs) There was actually a night uh, a couple of weeks ago where for work, we actually got called out to an office building we clean normally because the there was a flood in Scottsdale where 
I guess it had dumped about two inches of rain in about 30 minutes. And a lot of buildings, there was like major flooding just down main streets where it just hit so much. And there were a lot of trees downed and a lot of buildings and like office buildings and things where, you know, those office buildings that have the nice full window, you know, the big full length windows on the outside and all this, like half the time, these things, the the seals dry out. These things get leaky as hell. And so you end up when you have a ton of rain and a ton of wind pushing on those windows, those seals get really weak. And next thing you know, offices start flooding. And so we were having to clean up flooded offices just because the rain hit so hard so fast. And at the same time, driving to and from said flooded offices, we're seeing downed trees everywhere because the ground, and especially as we're getting later and later into the season, we're still having all this rain. The ground is so saturated that the roots for the trees can't hold on. It's just all so saturated and so wet, which is another way of saying saturated, dumbass. Uh, it's so soft from all of this rain that there are trees getting ripped like full out, just falling over. You know, there's tons of trees that are, you know, limbs snapping and stuff. Palo Verdes are notorious for this. It's the state tree. They're super weak. They, they snap in an instant. If you try and climb one, you're going to fall because the branch is going to break. But these Palo Verdes break in every damn storm. You look anywhere out here, it doesn't take a very strong wind to snap Palo Verdes left and right. But I was seeing like oak trees that were pulled out of the ground like root balls sticking up in the air because the ground is just so saturated they couldn't hold on anymore and just roots slipped out. I've also seen a ton of Palo Verde trees that are flipped that way and uprooted for the same reason because their roots are no stronger than the rest of the tree and they have really shallow root beds and so they'll pop clean up and you, next thing you know you got a shit ton of Palo Verdes getting uh, ground up and wood chipped and hauled away and all that stuff. And man, I wish I could get a hold of some of those wood chips because with as many trees that are downed around me right now, the the tree trimmers are working overtime just cleaning them up. And they all have to, you know, they run them through their big industrial wood chippers. Like, I could use that mulch. <laughs> That's a lot of mulch that I could be using right now. Speaking of which, I'm, I'm having the brain is keeping me from mulching all of the stuff I have because I've got like three piles of wood on there and branches and stuff on the side of my house that I need to chip, but they keep getting soaked in the rain because I'm not going to go and put tarps on them or some shit like that. So yeah, I've got all this shit on the side of my house, which uh, I think about it is going to be in the way when the landscaper comes tomorrow, but I've got all this stuff on the side of my house that I need to chip for the gardens. So I have fresh mulch for the gardens because I need to plant for the fall. And I think I'm going to plant, I'm going to give another try to our rainbow sweet corn. I tried planting it at the beginning of the summer and I think it just got heat stressed and burnt up. And yeah, it was just, it's weird because I planted my gardens in a time where if I had, if the monsoons had started a little earlier, my plants probably wouldn't have heat stressed. To be fair, they probably all would have drowned because they would have all gotten waterlogged because of the amount of rain. But everything burnt up early early in the season 
Everything was heat stressed. Nothing got, and I get water plenty, but I think it was just too much heat early, early in the season that they had, you know, they started great. They all bolted up and got, you know, had a lot of sun early, but then once the monsoons kicked in, everything got flooded. By that point, they got thrashed, especially the corn. The corn got thrashed in the storms, would get blown around. And because they grew so fast at the start of the season, they got really tall and and leggy. And then they got thrashed in the storms once the monsoons hit and they just never recovered. And they didn't, they weren't able to produce any ears before the tassels at the top had already dumped all of their pollen. And so it's like, and one or two ears that popped up, but there was no pollen to, to uh, pollinate them. And so, yeah, they were all a loss. And so I had to kind of bail on that and everything else, pretty much the same, uh, nothing really performed. And so I just stripped it all and I've kind of let them go for the rest of the summer so far, but I probably, I really need to get in there. I need to, uh, turn those beds, get some fertilizer in there, some, uh, what's the word? Compost, <laughs> get some compost in there, get some good mulch on them and, and start a new garden for the fall. And I think I'll probably turn off my sprinklers at the rate <laughs> they're at right now. I've got so much rain coming down on them. They, I don't need to water them right now, but yeah, I need to get on that. I need to get started on the garden. It'll give me something to do outside because with the gardens empty, I'm not going out in the yard. I don't go out there because I don't have anything to check on other than my wife has been nagging me. I need to get out there and prune the roses because they look really bad because they're all getting sun stressed and the flowers are all getting burnt up. But yeah, I need to go out and prune the roses. I still need to be checking on the strawberries. Uh, those need to get pruned and fertilized and all that jazz because we're coming into the end of the summer. God, it's almost September already. Can you believe it? Just, it feels like, no, we're still in like COVID timeline. I feel like, even though for the most part, we've, the world has moved on, but like time doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like it's September of 2022 right now. Okay. It's still August, but still, you know what I mean? We are, it's almost September. That's just crazy to think about that we are three quarters of the way, two thirds. What is it? Do the math. I don't know. We're like two thirds of the way through 2022 already. Wow. Which also technically means I've had that truck sitting outside my house for almost a year and I still haven't been able to get the damn emissions on it. It's just been one little thing after another. I actually had a guy, I paid a guy through one of the like mechanic, mobile mechanic services. And he'd come out and look at the truck because it wasn't starting. He couldn't figure it out. And, you know, he was like, okay, well, here's what appears, you know, goes in, checks the things, does all the things, get his different electrical checkers and voltmeters and all these things and checks all these circuits and texts all these different things. And he determines in his initial, uh, inspection that it appears the ignition module is burnt up, which apparently it's again, it's a 30 year old truck there. It's, it's not unheard of for anything to break on this truck. The only things that I would say, no, that shouldn't be a problem right now are the things I've already fixed recently. Like I've got, you know, uh, 
solenoids and a fuel pump. And like, if anything's wrong with this or this or this or this or this, then I have a problem because those are things that I've fixed recently. So those shouldn't be a problem. So it's got to be something else. But the ignition module, original part. So I go, I order a new one. It's something where you literally just go unscrew the, you know, unplug it, unscrew the old one, put the new one on, plug it in. Ta-da, you fixed it. Takes five minutes. Didn't fix it. (laughs) So I text the guy. I'm like, hey, you remember, uh, you worked on my truck. Uh, You had me replace this ignition module. It didn't fix it. It's still not starting. And so he comes back to my house. Like off the clock, comes back to my house, probably spend 30, 40 minutes in the, of course, one of the few days where it wasn't raining, it was blistering hot. It was like 115 outside and we're standing out there in the middle of the sun at like four in the afternoon, uh, digging around under the hood of my truck. But eventually after going through and he kind of said he threw it up into some of the message boards and mechanics forums and things like that and had been suspected and kind of looks like the computer burnt out like the master engine control computer had burnt up which apparently again old truck these things weren't really built for this environment granted nothing was built like 30 years ago a pickup truck was not built to handle 120 degree summers They just weren't, nothing was. Humans are not built for this sort of environment. We just, you know, tough through anything because humans are adaptable. The pickup trucks are not. And so apparently the uh, master engine computer burnt up. I don't know why I'm fumbling over that. The EEC or the PCM or what do you want to call it? Um, Yeah, computer burnt up. And so it wasn't sending spark to the engine. The fuel pumps are working. All this other stuff is working, but it wasn't actually signaling to spark or to run. So there's nothing I can do other than replace the motor, or not the motor, the, the computer. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's like a $200 part, all things considered 200 bucks. And it's one of those, like, you know, your alternators and your batteries and things where there's a core, like where it's got reusable parts in it. So these things get recycled a lot. And so you got to pay like, Oh, it's 150 bucks for the computer. And it's like 75 bucks for the core return. So you return the old computer and you get like a $75 credit shit like that. Well, I watch all these videos about how to replace this part and how to take the computer out and how it's like, it's relatively a simple thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and I've watched all these videos. And in all these videos, these guys, uh, go in and they take the wheel well out to get access to the computer. And I'm like, well, it's right there. I can see where it is. I can disconnect it right here. I can reach the bolts. I can take the cover off. I can pull this thing out. I can see it from the top. I can do this from the top. I don't need to make it easier by accessing it from the bottom with the wheel well and all this blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to reach down through the top just kind of snake my skinny arms in there with a ratchet and I'm going to unbolt this and I'm going to get it done. Not a problem. So I get in there and I disconnect the wiring harness, move that out of the way, get my wrench in there, start cranking away, disconnect the bolts that hold the computer in place. 
I take the bracket off that holds it all together and I start wiggling on the computer. And of course, it's jammed in there because it's been in there for 30 fucking years and it's kind of rusty and and kind of jammed. But I sit there and wiggle and shake and pull and push and, and shaky, shaky, shaky. And it's like, all right, it's coming out. It's coming out. All right, got it. We're going to get this thing out. And then I discovered why you have to take the wheel well out. You don't have enough clearance <laughs> under <laughs> the hood. There's not enough space to clear the wheel well when you pull the computer out. When you're pulling the computer out, it hits the wheel well before it's all the way out. I've got about another like inch to inch and a half that the computer is still got to come further out to get it all the way out. And it's already hitting the wheel well. So now I'm going to have to get in there and do what I didn't want to do and unbolt this whole damn wheel well so I can pull this computer the rest of the way out. I already have a new one waiting to go. I just have to get the old one out. Really what I need to probably do is go in there and just uh, connect that computer in, plug the new one in and see if that fixes my problem before I go. But at this point, I've already you know, pull this thing halfway out. I just need to get under there. I'll probably try and do this tomorrow, but get under there and get that wheel well taken out and get that computer in there so I can go and get this thing running again. And the mechanic I talked to uh, pointed out another couple other problems that are like, oh, hey, your fan clutch is, is shot. You need to get that taken care of because this, this, this like that's why you're probably having an overheating problem when you're idling, it's like, yep, I have it. Like, and if you ever drive and you've been kind of sitting there idling for a while, long light or stuck in a long line for something and you hear your fan click on, I don't get that because my fan clutch is, is shot. So I need to get that replaced. And I already told him that I probably have you come out and do it because as much as it's something that I know I could do, it's also something that I could also fuck up. And so I don't know. I might do it myself. I might have him do it. I don't know. My, like I said, it, it's something I could do, but it's also something where it may be easier for me. I mean, granted, it's always easier to pay somebody else to do something for you, but I may just have him do it and maybe change out some uh, belts and things and just eh, spiffy everything up and make sure it's in good working order so I can try and get this fucking truck emissioned and registered in this damn state. Because at this point, I've had it for like nine months. No, I've had it for like 10, 11 months because I got it in November. It's going on September, still haven't gotten it registered, just sitting in my driveway. <laughs> so I want to get this done. I want to get it running, you know, get things running and running well. I think that's probably the biggest thing too. It's not just running, running well. And then I can get back to getting cleaned up and, and you know, in good shape, maybe get the seats cleaned up a little bit or better seat covers or something. I don't know. I need to do a really good clean out of it in general, but right now I just want to get it legal. Because <laughs> on top of the truck being down, that's also put a big delay in our garage renovations because I don't remember if I mentioned we uh, got bunk beds for the boys. And so now I've got their old bed frames and the boxes for their new bunk beds and all this shit taking up space in the garage. But I still had stuff I needed to take out to storage so I could put up the shelves. 
because we have since purchased all of the hanging shelves that we need for the garage just because they were on sale at Costco. And so we got all the shelves we need, but the garage is now still full of crap because of the beds and other stuff. And the truck being out of commission means I haven't been able to take any of this stuff to storage to clear out space. And so I need to get the truck working so I can get the garage cleaned out so I can get the shelves up so that we can finish the garage renovations. <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, and all of the things. And it's just everything kind of snowballing, really. Like, I could probably try and maybe get stuff in my car, in, in, but it's so much easier to do if I have the truck. But I need to do that. And it's funny because, like I said, my wife, we've been buying the shelves, but the longer it's taking me to get the shelves hung up, and I also have a workbench that's still boxed up. I haven't been able to put up because I don't have the space right now because there's crap in the way. But the the longer it's taking to get the shelves hung up for the garage, the more shelves my wife keeps buying. The other day, she was scrolling through Facebook, and I guess somebody in the marketplace or in one of the Facebook groups, one of our neighborhood Facebook groups, posted up that they had all this stuff. They had all these tools and a tool chest and uh, more hanging shelves. And and so she like sends me this message of just a screenshot of the post, essentially. Like, hey, there's this and this and this and this and this. What do you think? And one of the things in that, especially the main one she like sent me, hey, this specifically, one of the main things she sent me was a KitchenAid mixer. Which, believe it or not, I haven't had. They're expensive. Anybody who's ever had or purchased or wanted to purchase a KitchenAid mixer knows they're expensive. They're sturdy. They're worth it. They're one of those things you pass on to your kids, generally, if you take care of them. But it's a, it's a they're kind of pricey. And so I haven't had one in the past. We actually bought one for my sister. Uh, years ago as a Christmas present, I think Christmas or her birthday, I forget, but it, we got a great deal on it. And so she has, I think she has a two and a half quart, kind of the standard one most people have in her kitchen. She also had a cupcake business at the time. So it was really beneficial to get that for her so that she had that for her business really makes it easier to make cupcakes and frosting when you're doing it with a stand mixer and not one of those little hand egg beater things. Nevertheless, I haven't had one. And if you were familiar with me enough, you know I like to make fresh pizza and I like to make cookies and we make our pies at uh, Christmas time. And so we do a lot of this stuff and I like to bake and I like to do all this stuff. But pizza is a bitch and a half to make by hand. It is not that it's hard, it's tedious. Because you got to knead the ever-living shit out of that dough for pizza. Because pizza dough is supposed to be chewy. And you've got to knead a lot for a long time in multiple stages for a pizza dough to be the proper consistency. If you have a stand mixer, you mix it all in the bowl. You throw your dough hook in it. And you let it knead it with the within the bowl. And then you take your hook out and you throw all your, you know, kind of form a little ball with your dough, leave it in the bowl 
with some plastic wrap and it rises in the bowl and you, you know, punch it down, throw the hook back in, knead it again, let it rise again, roll out your fucking pizza dough, have, have a nice day. You don't have to sit there and exert yourself so damn much. The machine does all the mixing and kneading and stuff for you. I've been doing this by hand for the last 10 years. It's tough. It's not hard. It's an exercise though. And I will say the amount of work it takes to knead pizza dough right is a big reason why I haven't made pizza in a while consistently. I used to make it every Monday, but it is much more tedious to make. Granted, uh, and it's funny because I have the counter space now. I have more counter space now than I've ever had for making pizza. And I make pizza less because the boys don't keep the kitchen counters as clean as is necessary for me to make pizza consistently. That and just everything else in life. And we're, you know, boys are in Taekwondo and we got other stuff going on that it takes time to make pizza. And I always tell everybody, like, you guys want me to make pizza? I have to know in the morning because I have to have that dough going by two o'clock. <laughs> you want pizza for dinner? I need to start making dough at like two o'clock. So you better let me know. Like, I can't, the boys will some days be like, oh, dad, can you make pizza when we're driving home from school? And it's like 3.30. I was like, you guys realize that if I start this dough the second we get in the house, it won't be ready before I leave for work? Just saying. You had to tell me that this morning. Hey, dad, can you make fresh pizza today? Sure. If I've got the time. But hmm, now I actually have the ability to mix it and do other stuff and make the, do this stuff. And it's going to make it so much easier on me to make pizza dough or to make cookies because in a similar fashion to the pizza dough or any bread dough or anything, that's the other thing my wife really wants us to start making bread. It's just so much easier to make bread when you have a mixer to do it. But cookies, have you ever tried to make chocolate chip cookies by hand without any kind of a mixer? Cookie dough is tough. And I don't mean tough like, you know, kneading pizza dough tough. I mean, like, it's it's a tough, hard dough. It is very difficult to mix physically. I actually don't even bother using a spoon or a beater past the point where you're, like, creaming your butter and sugar together. After that, once I'm mixing in flour, I'm doing it by hand. I said, screw the beaters and the mixers or any of that stuff because it gets so tough and so difficult. So it's tough. This is just the way, best way to put it. It is so hard to mix with anything other than a wooden spoon or your bare hands or gloved hands, whatever, however level it's my hands. I'm eating them, whatever. I wash my hands, but with mixing it by hand, once, especially once you get the flour in there, it's so hard to, to do that by hand without. Yeah. So, you know, the dough itself is tough and then you throw in all your chocolate chips and if you're any kind of a normal human, you basically just dump the whole bag in there. So it's a lot of, it adds a, so much mass and it's very dense and it's very difficult to mix with anything except maybe a stand mixer. It's perfectly suited for that. So, and, and one of the other big things about making cookies is that you have to keep the dough cold because if the dough, because it's butter, 
So if you don't keep the dough cold, the butter starts melting and it screws with the consistency of your cookies. They don't cook right. They don't spread right. Um, so you have to keep the dough cold. Well, if you're sitting there having to mix it, the longer it takes you to mix it by hand, the more time that that butter has to melt. So the obvious option, stand mixer, you put your bowl in the freezer so it's cold while you're working. And then it keeps your dough and everything cold and you're able to mix it faster so it doesn't start breaking on you. Again, perks of a mixer, you know, biscuits, just everything. Pastries are better by having a stand mixer. The only exception is pie crust. Pie crust is better suited to a uh, a Cuisinart or a, a food processor because in that case, you're cutting butter into flour. So you want the blades to do a choppy choppy thing. Not as good in a, in a stand mixer. That's more of a food processor thing. But yeah, my wife found a stand mixer. I realized I sidetracked way the fuck off. But my wife found a stand mixer on this deal. It was like a hundred bucks for a six quart stand mixer. One of the like big ass ones. You know, my sister's I think is a two and a half or three quart one. Kind of standard. But normal people have. This is a six quart semi pro machine. The, the Pro 600, if you, if you will, the kind where you've got to push a lever that brings the bowl up rather than tilting the head of the, the mixer down. And so, yeah, now I've got a mixer. And so this is going to be really fun. And I get to, and I cleaned it up and everything and it's black. And I think we might have my sister-in-law make some, uh, vinyl stick on thingies for us to decorate it, make it look nice, look cool, put like a flame pattern or something, or I don't even know. I think, I think my wife found a, a pattern that makes it look like a bomb or no, the bullets from Super Mario Brothers. So I think we might do something like that. Um, but yeah, just decorate it, make it look fun. Uh, and she also found some more shelves and they had like a table saw and a miter saw and all this other stuff and toolboxes. I'm like, hey, table saw. Uh, hey, miter saw. Like, where would we put it? The garage is still a mess. Like, the more reason to get the garage cleaned out. But I could do all this other stuff if I had those, those saws. Just saying. <laughs> and today she was looking at another post of somebody in the neighborhood who had custom shelves built in the children's closets. And we're like, man, it'd be really easy for me to build those shelves if I had that table saw and miter saw the other day that you said we don't have room for. Like, we still don't have room for it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but it'd have something to do with them. And just all the inspiration of, a, hey, I need to get my workbench built and get the table saw and the miter saw out and go to Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever and get some wood and build those shelves just like they did. But no, you didn't buy the miter saw or the table saw. So no, I don't have all the stuff that make it so much easier for me to build these shelves. <laughs> and she's giving me side eye and, and everything short of smacking me for being a smart ass. But hey, <laughs> it hurt me for trying. I'm a guy. I want more tools, even if I don't use them all the time. I think I surprised the shit out of her when she found out that I actually have drills and I have a skill saw and but I actually have a bunch of tools for woodworking and things. But because I never had need for them, she didn't even know I had them. <laughs> she didn't pay any attention to the shit that I pulled out of the garage and we're moving and loading up boxes. She's just all of my shit from the garage is getting loaded onto the moving truck. That's all that mattered. She didn't know what it was. 
same time, a lot of my shit. It's like, she doesn't know what a lot of my shit is. She just knows it's my shit. Okay, it's boxed up. Get it on the fucking truck. Unpack it. Put it where it needs to go. <laughs> she doesn't need to worry about it. So she doesn't worry about it. It's pretty simple. But yeah, <laughs> I really need to get the truck going so I can get the garage cleaned out so I can get the shelves up in the garage so we can get the whole garage reorganized so we can get all the shit out of storage and back in the garage. <laughs> It's a snowball effect and it all comes down to getting a truck running again and then we can worry about getting it legal, (laughs) but we got to do first things first, first things first. I got to clean up dog poop so the uh, landscaper can take care of that and then we'll get the truck fixed and we'll do the garage thing and so on and so on and so on. (laughs) And maybe somewhere in there, I'll plant my uh, fall garden. What do you think? I, I I really want to do the rainbow corn and I want to do pumpkins. We've been trying pumpkins every year. We have failed every year, but I really want to try pumpkins. I really want to get a good potato crop because the last year I did potatoes, when I did the potatoes um, in the springtime, kind of winter springtime, I had a really good turnout. They, not a lot but they were good, really buttery. The flavor was amazing. And so I think I want to do potatoes again, or I, I really want to do carrots. And I get crap every year because I keep planting carrots. And I've only had like one successful harvest of carrots, but it's mostly because they get damaged by something. The dog tramples them or the storms flood them or they get sunburned or something. And so... I really want to do carrots. I really want a really good carrot harvest because the little bit of carrots that we have had in the garden were awesome. They were delicious. And so really what I need to get going, I need to get the corn. I need cucumbers because we make pickles. And so we need to make cucumbers. I need to grow cucumbers for pickles. I need to get some corn going. I need to get some carrots some potatoes and something else. Um, not sure if we're going to try for a melon, if we're going to try watermelon again or pumpkins again or cantaloupes again, something we got to pick, we got to pick a something and try my carrots, something. So we're like corn, cucumbers, and I'm picturing them like where in the garden they're going to be right now, corn and cucumbers, carrots, potatoes, and just that last something of melon or some other type of, of vegetable, I guess. And I'm not sure. I got to kind of go back through our seeds. Maybe we'll do green beans again. Green beans did great. Um, so maybe I could do green beans again and really just stock up on green beans and potatoes for the holidays. That'd be a good choice. But still, the big one is we want to have our own pumpkins. That's still kind of the big goal is to grow our own pumpkins so that we can have our own pumpkin pie. That's the big goal is pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving with everything being from our garden, you know, having our own uh, pumpkin grown and everything and make with our recipe fresh pumpkin pie. That'd be great. That is the goal. But we failed at growing pumpkins every year. (laughs) So here's one more try. Fucking pumpkins. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to go pumpkins, corn, carrots, potatoes, and cucumbers all stuff we'll eat. So I think that's that's the plan for the garden. I'm saying it. Maybe green beans. 
but that's a maybe. We'll get there when we get there. But that's the garden plan. Recommended listening. So, not so much a full, proper recommended listening, more of a what I've been listening to and watching lately. Because I'm old-fashioned, and I've been binging MASH for the last few months. Just all of whatever my downtime watching TV, wife's working, I don't have anything pressing at the moment, or I did and I wasn't doing it because I'd rather be laying on the couch watching MASH. But I've actually gotten myself caught up, and it's really kind of depressing. I'm sitting here staring down the barrel of the MASH finale and I don't want to watch it because that would basically mean I'm done watching MASH, which granted I haven't watched it since I realized I'd reached the finale, but that's where I am. And, you know, to to go back, I have already completed a full rewatch of Star Trek D Space Nine. And now I've watched all of MASH and For reference, if I fell asleep during an episode of MASH, I went back and watched it again so I could actually have all of it watched. So I can say I have watched every episode of MASH. And this is not to say that I haven't seen the finale before. I've seen it a bunch of times. But me watching it right now means that I'm done with my rewatch of MASH right now. And I've just been kind of putting it off. So I started kind of perusing through Hulu and HBO Plus or whatever it is, HBO Plus, whatever it is, the HBO one, to everything's plus or HBO Max, I think it is, whatever it is, the HBO app and Hulu and other stuff to kind of see, okay, well, what else is there? And on HBO, I started watching Harley Quinn. And it's one of those things. So I've started basically watching shows that I've seen clips of on YouTube. Like, I know, I think Harley Quinn originally started on that DC streaming service for its first season, and then they folded the DC service into HBO and moved all those. And there was it a, there's, there's a young, not young justice, um, teen Titans show that they did and Harley Quinn and all that stuff. They rolled all that into HBO. So, but I started seeing clips of Harley Quinn. And if you're not familiar with the Harley Quinn cartoon on HBO, it is a very adult comedy, uh, version of, kind of the DC universe and it's focused on Harley Quinn and but it's like done in like a buddy cop sort of not buddy cop because they're villains but like buddy buddy sort of comedy thing so you have Harley Quinn who is voiced by Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory and Eight Simple Rules and she was on Charmed for a bit if you don't know who I'm talking about by now then I'm you're lost but She's the new voice of Harley, and uh, forgive me, I do not know any of the other actors that are doing voices other than one, and I'm sure if I actually look them up, which I could right now, but I'm going to be lazy. The only other voice I know is King Shark is voiced by Ron Funches, and I only know Ron Funches because if you remember that uh, daily trivia show they used to do on Comedy Central... Uh, it was hosted by Chris Hardwick um, at midnight. That was it. The Yeah, it was like daily trivia. You know, it was a bunch of comedians and just doing really weird trivia games and, and stuff. It was funny. But 
I remember Ron Funches was a regular on that show and he was probably the best contestant ever on that show. He was, he was great, but he's the voice of King Shark. And it's funny the way they do this show because they basically take one like weird characteristic about each of these DC villains or characters or whatever, and then hyper fixate and make that their like only character, like their primary characteristic. And so for some reason, King Shark is kind of a dweeby hacker. Uh, Clayface, if you're familiar with Clayface as a character, it's probably from Batman the Animated Series. He was the very first villain in the very first episode, and he was terrifying in that. In this, because Clayface was previously an actor, they make him this overly pretentious Shakespearean actor who's always, like, anytime they need him, he's a shapeshifter. And so he can do all of the, you know, he can be anything and he can turn into anyone. But he's always got this, what is my motivation? And and things like this. And just overacting when he's supposed to be, you know, being a security guard so they can break into a bank. And he's just overacting the hell out of it. And, you know, the pretentious English actor accent thing that, you know, that just screams over pretentious actor. And they have this what is normally a terrifying villain in every other depiction as one of the cheesiest fucking guys on the show. And Poison Ivy is essentially Daria. <laughs> She's Daria with uh, plant powers. If you don't understand Daria, I, I can't help you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, but it, it's great and it's hilarious. And these alternate versions of these characters and there's literally an episode, and I saw the clip on YouTube where Joker, okay, Joker doesn't unmask Batman, but they capture Batman and Scarecrow unmasks Batman for Joker. And Joker has this total fucking meltdown because he never wanted to know. And he's like, what the fuck? And it's completely R-rated, by the way. Tons of blood, tons of swearing. It's hilarious. He's like, what the fuck? How when the fuck is I, if I wanted to do that, I'd have done it myself. He's like, I didn't want to know he's just some rich asshole with daddy issues. <laughs> and then he proceeds to berate Bruce Wayne. He's like, like, you promised me flying cars by the end of the year. I put a down payment on where's my fucking car, Bruce? <laughs> and shit like that. It's just whole fucking thing. And it's great. I, I do not know who voices anybody else other than Kaylee Cuoco and Ron Funches. And I'm sorry to everybody else because they're great. Everybody on the show is fucking hilarious. But yeah, I, so I started watching that. And really, it's the, I was watching clips on YouTube. It's like, hey, I've watched a ton of this show on YouTube. Let's actually fucking sit down and watch the show. So I'm actually watching the show. Great fucking show. I love it. It's hilarious. Um, Ivy has this houseplant, Frank, who's essentially if Audrey Chu was a lippy old guy. <laughs> it's the best I could too like uh, like little shop of horrors audrey too it's like her cousin frank is poison ivy's roommate seriously that's what it feels like but i also started watching letter kenny which again i'd seen all the youtube clips and i had guys at work tell me oh you got to watch this show got to watch this show but when i started seeing clips and all the stuff on youtube was before they had the show on you on hulu i think it was originally on crave tv which i think is a canadian broadcast network don't quote me on that i don't know or it might have been an online. Th I forget, but it's still like I'm on season five right now and it still says Crave TV presents. So I don't know if it was a streaming service 
or a website like Funny or Die, or if it was like a Canadian TV station that was produced up there and I don't know, but it's on Hulu. And so I started watching like the actual series because I knew all the different clips and like you got the cold opens and some of the, like some of their little punny games and the the stuff that for all intents and purposes isn't relevant necessarily or isn't critical to the plot of the episodes. So you have like all the, the cold open and it might like, oh, it tees up the episode, but it really doesn't matter in the big picture. But it's like the content that was the original basis for the skits and the, the basis for the show. And then they string it all together with a storyline. And it's just some of them, like some of the very little man's not as funny as others. Mostly it's, it's the wordplay that always I have fun with and just the general, the, the, the characters are what they are. <laughs> Everybody is very much kind of, they're a character type. They do their, what they are. There's not a huge amount of growth outside of like the characters develop, but they don't change who they are. Sorry if I'm yawning. It's late because you know how I roll. I'm not drinking any caffeine. I just have a root beer tonight. I don't have a any coffee or anything because I need to sleep like a human sometimes. But yeah, I've so I've been watching Letterkenny. If you want to get too much into it. But because if you've heard of the show, you know what it is. If you haven't, it's on Hulu. It's Canadian comedy. That's the best I can tell you. <laughs> there is a language barrier to break through when you first start watching it. Not because it's something crazy. Like, no, it's in English, but it's in like Canadian small town regional English. And so they, they speak with a lot of, um, they, they, they have like their own phrases and, and sayings and things like that. And a lot of them, they like when they first, you know, pitter patter, like, for a while, they always say the full thing. And it's essentially, a, a you know, get on with it. It's pitter patter. Let's get at her. And it's, I don't know if this is something that's actually said in Canada or some shit they just made up. But whenever they introduce these sayings, they give you the context clues to figure it out, with exception to a lot of the shit that the hockey players say. But they're just rambling off in their hockey lingo in such a way they're like, okay. I realize this is an audio medium. You can't see the face I'm making, but it's just a, hmm. But <laughs> like, they're just so off in their, like the hockey players have their whole other language. But to the point where there is actually a Wikipedia entry for like an entire encyclopedia or dictionary of Letterkenny language. And again, I've watched a ton of clips. I knew it was hilarious, but I hadn't actually watched this, the, the full show and the full episodes. So I've been doing that. Like I said, I'm up to season five. They only do like seven or eight episodes a season. And it took me until the third season before I caught on that they've got like the main season and then they've got the season finale. And then after what is essentially the storyline season finale, they do a holiday episode and every season it's a different holiday. I forget what season one was, but I remember seeing St. Patrick's Day, and Easter and Halloween and Christmas. And so, yeah, it, it, but it's a fun show. And they just started the spinoff series, Shorzy, which focuses on a character which in the original series, you never actually see his face because he is played by the series lead, who's, you know, Wayne, the series lead 
is also this character, Shorzy, who you never see his face, who basically just shit talks all the hockey players. Well, they just spun him off into his own show where I haven't started, I haven't watched it. One of the guys from work started watching it, but his face is shown in that. It's right there on the poster on the, when you click on it, you see him. So I have to assume that that show exists outside of all the other stuff that happens in Letterkenny. So you're not going to have Shorzy and Wayne interact because they're played by the same character. Shit like that. Maybe I'll tell you if I ever sit down and watch it. Or if you've watched it, let me know. Because, hey, I'm, it's going to be a while. I'm on season five. I think there's 10 seasons of Letterkenny. And I've still got to finish Harley Quinn. And I'm probably going to get back into any number of other things before I ever get around to watching that. So, yeah, let me know. One more thing on the reading, listening, watching. I didn't say reading anything, but watching and listening. If you weren't aware, and if you're a regular listener here, you may be familiar with the Varmints podcast. It was one of the very early featured shows when I was doing the regular weekly podcast recommendations. Well, Paul Chomo, the creator of the Varmints podcast, left the show at the beginning of this year for personal reasons. Not my, I, I, I know the reasons, not mine to say. You can listen to some of the last episodes of Varmint's podcast if you want to know more about it, or you can listen to his new show, Avast. He took a big break. He's recently started a podcast about pirates. I'm not going to go and jump into a full review here for a couple of reasons. One, he's only got a few episodes, not really a lot there to talk about yet, but also I'm pushing an hour and I don't want to go on anymore. But it's something I started listening to, keeping an ear open for that. Maybe if I can get back in a groove here more consistently, maybe start doing guests again, which I want to do, but and I keep saying I want to do, but it's just a time balance sort of thing. Maybe I'll try and get him back on and we can talk about that and what's going on with that. But that's something else he's got going on. Avast. All about pirates. So. Once once he's got a little more uh, going with that, more episodes, more to listen to and talk about and review and more to really dig into, I'll probably sit down and do a full review of that one. But as it is, it's getting late. I've already talked for almost an hour and I've still got a spiel to do. So let's get on with it. Thank you for listening. You can find me and all of the past episodes and places to subscribe and do all of the things at odddadoutpodcast.com. Of course, at odddadout and all the social media places in the Oddballs Facebook group. And as always, you can email me show at odddadoutpodcast.com or text me or leave a voicemail for me or whatever the hell you feel like doing at 516-636-7631. Holy shit, I did that on my first try. 516-OTOPOD1. Tell me whatever the fuck. I don't even care. Just text me and say, hey, and see if I can figure out what to, what you mean by that. If you have a podcast recommendation, that's another great way you can send it to me. I need stuff to listen to. I'm getting a little tired of some of the old stuff and a lot of shows that I have listened to in the past and recommended in the past have stopped so i need recommendations i need new stuff to listen to stuff that's that that is entertaining 
and fun. So I need the stuff. Tell me what to listen to. Tell me what to watch. Give me show recommendations. If you watch Chorzy, tell me about it. I don't care. Let me know. Anything, whatever. I need entertainment recommendations. I need something to talk about to keep you entertained. Pull my string and let me yap. I'm, I'm a, I'm a damn talking doll here. I don't know where I'm going with this, so I'm going to bed. That's where I'm going with this. Thank you as always. And until next time, oddballs, thank you and good night.